Cut the crap. How many times a day do you want to say that to politicians, the elite, the loony liberals, the fake news media, and the gender-confused, emotional socialist snowflake crowd? Cut the crap is your secret weapon for fighting for our freedoms and our great republic. It all begins with a massive mental enema, freeing you from the toxic news and politically correct views, which constipate your consciousness with stinking thinking. Your host, Joe Von Hutton Pulitzer, he's known for calling out politicians and telling them to cut the crap. You've seen him on virtually every television network and listened to him on Coast to Coast Radio. And now he's here to help you learn to fight for America. Culture, race, and American politics, they all have one thing in common. They all need to cut the crap. Now, here's your host, Jovan Hutton Pulitzer. Hey there, folks. Jovan Hutton Pulitzer. Welcome to Cut the Crap. As you know, crap is an acronym. This stands for culture, race, and American politics, because I believe when you mix culture, race, and American politics, everything goes to hell in a handbasket fast. We're going to talk about the State of the Union. You might have noticed, sadly, it's back ass words. Yep, the State of our Union is disunion. It's very hard to cover a presidential state of the union when our country is in such disarray. There is no way to look at what occurred last night in the state of the union other than it was just one incredible gaslight. This might be the first State of the Union that you may have watched ever in your life, if in fact you did watch it, where you just sit there and shake your head and go, what the hell, right? Last night, if you caught it on on my broadcast of the State of the Union, I broadcast for you Donald J. Trump's State of the Union. I did that on purpose to take you back to a time when the State of the Union was truly talking about things that mattered to the United States of America, things that mattered to you. I also wanted to give you that insight so you could see uh, what we're missing. You could remember what makes us great. You could remember what a president should be. And you can see this current State of the Union, if you watch any of it, as the gaslighting program it is. Because the one I played were things that actually happened. Uh, Accolades that were earned. uh, Positions that were put out there during campaigns and held to account and executed. Probably, I think, for the first time in presidential history, true. Today, we are going to look at this Etats Foet No Anew. Yes, that's State of the Union backwards. The only thing I probably should have done is not just back asswards, but upside down at the same time. And it would apply. It would apply. But Biden did his 
right? He's reading a prompter. And the left is trying to convince us that things are going great in our country. Like, you know, you can't have inflation go through the roof. And then you make a little move and you get a little bit of decreased inflation and get the claim, hey, we brought prices down 13%. You don't get to lay a nation off, make it impossible for people to work or claim, you know, the pandemic, millions and millions and millions out of work. And finally, the restrictions are lifted. People get to go back to work and claim that you put people back to work. That's not how it works. So we're going to try to... Decode this. I am, uh, and, I'm, and I'll say it to you just a, a little up front as we get going with the program for you. And I, I believe every, um, I believe in transparency. I just want you to understand, a bit of me is struggling in the moment. I'll get, I'll get back into my normal row. I just got the call one minute before airtime from my sister. My father's been life flighted out. Um. Again, grave situation. You've know I've been through this, so I'm, I'm I'm just trying to get my head wrapped around that a moment, and I'm multitasking in my own head uh, to figure out you know what I need to do. I probably this time have to get on the road. Bear with me, uh, but we're going to decode this. One of the things, probably the highlight of the gaslighting, the highlight of the gaslighting was this clip. Watch this. So my many of some of my Republican friends want to take the economy hostage. I get it, unless I agree to their economic plans. All of you at home should know what those plans are. Instead of making the wealthy pay their fair share, some Republicans, some Republicans want Medicare and Social Security to sunset. I'm not saying it's a majority. <laughs> Let me give you anybody who doubts it. Contact my office. I'll give you a copy. I'll give you a copy of the proposal. That means Congress doesn't vote. That was literally probably one of the most important highlights of the evening. It was gaslighting, gaslighting that was pushed back on. Now, the left has a different view of this. They said it was incredibly disrespectful. Of course, they don't ever discuss what they did to Donald J. Trump. But we're going to kind of peel back these. I'm going to show you some of the rebuttals, but I'm going to show you some of the things that the left talks about. You just saw how chaotic it was. Here's one left political meat puppet saying this was the best Joe Biden ever was. I have over the decades come to hate the State of the Union address. I don't know how many lines I have heard at 9.30 and forgotten by 11. And even I think Joe Biden killed it last night. I'll remember roads and infrastructure and education and insulin caps and unfair taxes and hidden service fees and raising teachers' pays and the talk and something good must come from this and do something. And Biden baiting the Republicans into insisting and screaming and shouting back, no, they won't cut Social Security and Medicare. It was stunning. It was startling. It was nothing short of a masterpiece. 
All that and more in the Wednesday Countdown podcast, available now wherever you podcast. So uh, there's the pundits. We're going to talk about these things like hidden fees. We've got to we've got to stop this wasting money. It's illegal. Just the money's flying out the door. Uh, were they talking about the Ukraine? Were they talking about the one point seven billion dollar omnibus bill? No, uh, this current selected, not elected maladministration in DC was talking about bank fees and overdraft fees. That's where they've got to go keep that money from bleeding out in America. <laughs> It gets worse. Production. And when I talk to a couple of them, they say, we're afraid you're going to shut down all the oil wells and all the uh, oil refineries anyway, so why should we invest in them? I said, we're going to need oil for at least another decade. And that's going to exceed (laughs) and beyond that. We're going to need it. Production. If they had, in fact, invested in the production to keep gas prices down, instead, they used the record profits to buy back their own stock. Rewarding the CEOs and shareholders. Corporations ought to do the right thing. That was um, kind of a Freudian slip at the same time. I'm going to replay it for you. Pay attention. The selected, not elected one is talking about, from this speech, how much longer we will need oil. Meaning, after X time, we won't need oil anymore. It'll all be replaced production. And when I talk to a couple of them, they say, we're afraid you're going to shut down all the oil wells and all the uh, oil refineries anyway, so why should we invest in them? I said, we're going to need oil for at least another decade. And that's going to exceed (laughs) and beyond that. We're going to need it. Production. If they had, in fact, invested in the production to keep gas prices down, instead, they used the record profits to buy back their own stock. Rewarding the CEOs and shareholders. Corporations ought to do the right thing. You have more of an insight to their plans. And the unrealistic expectations, and and truly guess how far they're willing to go to destroy the economy. When the selected, non-elected, maladministration one tells you Uh, In 10 years, we're not going to need this uh, stuff called oil anymore. Uh, It's just not going to be needed. Now, that appeases the people that think oil is evil. But remember, people have been taught oil is evil. People have been taught that oil is the enemy. People have been taught that oil destroys the land. Scientific research does not hold that out, but this is the way they've turned it into a cult. Here's some of the other moments. The parents of Tyree Nichols, welcome.
It's ironic that he mentions equal protection under the law as a covenant we have with America. You have learned since November of 2020 that that equal protection under the law does not extend to our elections, does not extend to investigating what went wrong, does not extend to justice to conservatives. But again, we're not talking about where maybe a president brought in a family, a gold star mother, follow, you know, of a fallen hero that defended our nation. We're talking about the loss of a young black life. Now, granted, the police did, in fact, kill Tyree, which, by the way, when uh, the selected, not elected one mentioned him later, kept calling him Tyler, but I digress. That just speaks to mental abilities, nothing more. However, what they won't address is the fact that in order to get more police officers in Minneapolis and these other cities and Memphis and every single liberal city, including Detroit, that they had because so many police officers left and abandoned because they were now being prosecuted, they were now going to jail for doing their job, et cetera, that it became a great liability, that retirement and just quit policing went through the roof. First time in history it's ever happened like that. And so they lowered the standards where you could even be a convicted felon and be a police officer. And by the way, there you go. That's what happened in Memphis. Police officers that had those, well, should we say lowered abilities that jumped that lowered hurdle that went from a high hurdle to a curb to give people a badge and a gun. And yes, they killed somebody. 
we're now finding out there's uh, rumors on the street that maybe the police officer that really did all the beating targeted the guy because Tyree might have been messing around with his girlfriend. When you lower your standards, when you villainize, demonize, and criminalize the police, the criminals will fill the vacuum of the police. And sometimes the criminals will fill the vacuum as police. But what does the left say about this stuff? And remember the points. I'm going to give you uh, some of the talking points. He says he was going to bring back what they call levying the billionaire tax and uh, trying to prevent corporations from buying back their stock. The corporations, many of them will buy back their stock when the stock is getting too low and the markets are taking a hit. If they have the cash, they'll buy them back in order to protect the corporation. Because if the stock keeps on going down, the company is the one that suffers and all the investors suffer. So one of the way to protect your investors and do what is responsible is as it begins to trickle low, and if you think, in fact, it's going to go lower for whatever reason, the company takes on the responsibility, we'll buy back our own stock because it keeps the price steady. They can re-release that stock at any time they want. The left doesn't understand basic business, and they try to tell you this is bad. They try to vilify Everything out there except what really causes these things to happen. So they're going to want to do this. They're saying that 55 of the largest corporations in America of the Fortune 500 made $40 billion in profits and paid zero in federal taxes. You know, that is a dissemblance. Those major corporations... 55 of those largest corporations have millions and millions and millions of employees. And the companies and the employees, through their payroll systems, pay state and federal taxes in a very serious way. But they'll try to use the equivocation that they don't pay federal taxes. They don't do that and don't acknowledge that because they need the public ignorant. And when you hear somebody makes $40 billion, you know, during that year, you would, oh, bad people. What you don't understand about the business world is when you have millions of people, look at your own pay stubs. For those of you that get a regular paycheck, look at your federal taxes. Part of that comes from you. Part of that comes from your employer. Take that number multiply it by millions of employees, you see just how much tax the corporation does in fact pay. But people that don't understand business don't understand when a, when a company is sitting here and they're ready for their tax liability, and let's say they had a billion dollar tax, they can sit there and you go, you know what? I would rather take this billion dollars And let's invest it into new factories making more jobs. Let's invest it into new fields of exploration creating more jobs. 
And if the company, they don't get to set on it. See, this is the joke. They don't tell you. The company doesn't get to set on it. The company still has that tax liability. And they're looking at that billion dollars and they go, you know what? Let's try to create more jobs. Let's open more markets. And the company has to expend that billion dollars. The only difference is they're not sending it to the government. They're spending it to expand. And the government allows you to do that as long as you're investing in growth and you can account for where it went as new business, new creations, cost of doing business, et cetera. It's a tax write-off. Why? It's obvious. It creates more jobs. But the system does not want you to know that. They want to tax corporations to death. You're right. They want you on the system. They do not want you running business. And people are ignorant on this. People are ignorant on this. They're ignorant on a CEO that has $100 million in stock. And you think that that CEO can go down the street, go to the bank and pull that $100 million out. They can't. In fact, that... CEO with $100 million on stock might be lucky if the board would ever allow them to sell even 2% of it. Why? Because if you have a CEO at the top of a company and all of a sudden the CEO who's running the company dumps all his stock to liquidate, what does it tell millions of investors? They see it as something wrong. Oh my God, he's bailing on the company. Something's wrong. See, these CEOs are hobbled. You can't do that. But the system banks, the system banks on you not knowing that. People who don't know business loss, well, doesn't that open it up for fraud? Yeah, it actually opens it up for prison sentences. If the corporation tries to cook the books and play like they spent that money, every executive from the top down is going to prison. It's not something that's cheated on. It's not something that they do fraud on. Why? Because they have state auditors, federal auditors, IRS auditors, SEC auditors, banking auditors, and other, all of them cross-looking at the books when you're a public company. And that's, again, why people don't understand public companies. It has. Right. Well, the only problem is conservatives go to jail. You're right. The reality is the system relies you on being completely out of touch. Well, let's listen to how out of touch they are. It's just on a factual basis, which isn't where she's hanging. Um, Donald Trump was. By the way, we're talking where well, I'm going to show you a clip here, but they're talking about uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders reply back to the state of the union uh, we'll get into it but this they're they're trying to say ah oh, these replies because you know you do the state of the union and then the parties do their replies and that it's all bs let me do it in reverse let me show you one reply to this state of the union Here's the real State of the Union. Over the past two years under Biden, millions and millions of illegal aliens from 160 different countries have stormed across our southern border. Drug cartels are now raking in billions of dollars. 
from smuggling poison to kill our people and to kill our children. Savage killers, rapists, and violent criminals are being released from jail to continue their crime wave. And under Biden, the murder rate has reached the highest in the history of our country. Biden and the radical Democrats have wasted trillions of dollars and caused the worst inflation in half a century. Real wages are down 21 months in a row. Gas prices have soared and are now going up much higher than even before. And the typical American family is paying $2,200 in increased energy and food costs each year. Joe Biden's weaponized Justice Department, and I'm a victim of it, is persecuting his political opponents. His administration is waging war on free speech. They're trying to indoctrinate and mutilate our children. He's leading us to the brink of World War III. And on top of all of that, he's the most corrupt president in American history, and it's not even close. But the good news is we are going to reverse every single crisis, calamity, and disaster that Joe Biden has created. I am running for president to end the destruction of our country and to complete the unfinished business of making America great again. We will make our country better than ever before, and we will always put America first. Thank you. So what the left had issue with is from other conservatives, from President Trump and others, they talked about what's what we really need to do. Sarah Huckabee Sanders, now the youngest governor in the United States, Arkansas, said that G- her points were in her rebuttal. The GOP is fighting to hold Biden accountable for safe communities, jobs, freedom from the woke mob in state capitals and in Washington under Speaker McCarthy and the Senate Republicans' leadership. She went on to say there is the choice is no longer between right or left. The choice is between normal or crazy. Republicans are for freedom. Biden and Democrats are for government. Biden is unwilling to defend our border, defend our skies, defend our people. He is unfit to serve as commander in chief. Governor Sanders, the youngest governor, Biden's the oldest president. She went on to talk about uh being on the campaign trail for two years, it's time for a new generation of leadership. And and I think that's right. Here is how the left responded to the right's response to the State of the Union. It's just on a factual basis, which isn't where she's hanging. Um, Donald Trump was known and it was reported extensively in some of the most harrowing reporting, book reporting and in, in the Atlantic, I think, broke it to believe that the men and women who served in the military and died were, quote, suckers and losers. He was especially disgusted by men and women who had been injured in the service of our country, something that's so sadistic, I don't even like remembering it. So to paint him as some um, historic, heroic commander-in-chief is is appalling. So you see what the left uh, focuses on, because remember, it is about disfocus. Disfocus is a very key component of what they do. Rachel Scott, Chief Washington Correspondent John Carl. Rachel, let me begin with you. I've never seen a chamber like that. 
<laughs> yeah, George, and you said it yourself. It was a rowdy house chamber at times extremely contentious. I was sitting inside the chamber watching this all unfold as Republican members of Congress heckled the president of the United States. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy warned his conference earlier in the day that the mics are hot, that the cameras are rolling. He wanted this to be civil and respectful. He told reporters after that closed door meeting that his party would not be engaging in any childish games. But of course, that all served as a very stark contrast to what we saw play out inside that House chamber, George. And John, the president had a balancing act last night, pleading, pleading for bipartisanship, yet also showing that he's got a lot of fight in him. Did he do what he needed to do? I really think he did. Look, this was a highly unusual State of the Union address, but this is one of the best speeches that Joe Biden has delivered as president. He came across as optimistic, hopeful. Uh, he seemed to be having a good time up there. And even when he was delivering some of those harsh attacks on Republicans, he was doing it with a smile. Not the name calling he's done in the past. There was no talk of MAGA, you know, extremists, ultra MAGA Republicans. Uh, and the reaction to the from the Republicans, uh, at least the backbench Republicans who were heckling him and jeering him, played exactly into his message. They made the contrast. He was able to, for a moment anyway, George, portray the Republican opposition as a bunch of angry hecklers, uh, people that, uh, that that were bitter and rude. You could see Kevin McCarthy obviously uh, didn't like the, the image. He was literally shushing Republicans in the chamber. And John, the official Republican response, a familiar face from the Trump era. Yeah, uh, Sarah Sanders literally going to Trump's old spokesperson. Her message was very much in keeping uh, with, uh, with, with Trumpism. It was uh, harshly negative, almost a bit of American carnage that we saw from Trump uh, in his inaugural address. But one interesting thing, George, Sarah Huckabee Sanders may have invoked Trump, but she never once mentioned his name in that speech. Right. And finally, Rachel, an unusual and remarkable moment for George Santos right before the speech. Unusual it was. Congressman George Santos, who was accused of fabricating almost every single detail of his life, positioned himself along the aisle to cross paths with members of Congress that were entering as well as the president. And then you had Senator Mitt Romney go up to him and say to his face that he does not belong here, saying that he should be embarrassed. Senator Romney told reporters afterwards that uh, he was surprised to see Santos along the aisle, saying that considering all the investigations that he is facing, that he should have been in the back and it should have been remaining quiet instead of parading in front of the president of the United States asking if he had any shame, George. Okay, Rachel, Scott, John, Carl, thanks. Very I want to let you know that uh, Mr. Santos, if you've followed that at all, and I, I want you to understand this, listen to my words carefully as I choose them carefully. Mr. Santos was an intentional plant an intentional plant to destroy the Republican Party. He would have never, ever been raised to any power at all with what is now just accidentally found out about his background. He is a 100% plant, period. Trained, groomed, brought up specifically so this type of rhetoric could be done. You know it. 
You now know what to look for and understand it. It's only for a talking point. He he is part of, created for, and paid for to be a distraction on purpose. And as you saw, conveniently, isn't it convenient that it's Romney who walks up and says, shame on you, you shouldn't be here. And they caught it and they knew what he said. You have to understand how this works. Of course, Romney did a standing ovation. But I want you to understand how this game works. Nothing ever happens fraudulently at all. It is all 100% planned and according to a plan. Fentanyl is killing more than 70,000 Americans a year. You got it. So let's launch a major surge to stop fentanyl production in the sale and trafficking. Okay. I'm going to replay this clip because it's important to hear it. Um, I'm not one for jeering and out calling like that. And whoever did that in my book shouldn't have done it because it can only be spun negatively. And you saw that's exactly how the media spins it negatively. I'm going to play it one more time. Listen to what he says, how they're going to stop fentanyl. Fentanyl is killing more than 70,000 Americans a year. You got it. So let's launch a major surge to stop fentanyl production in the city. I want to, I want to, I want to see if you're paying attention. Let me ask you a question. Is it illegal to manufacture fentanyl? Is it about manufacturing, stopping production? The heckler said, it's your fault. You have to understand the counterfeit fentanyl that is being made is being made illegally. And how is it getting in the United States of America? Okay. Let's go back. The fentanyl that is killing people is illegally made. And it is brought across the border through trafficking, through mules. By the way, manufacturing the illegal fentanyl is a crime. But see, that's not what they're dealing with. It is being brought in as a weapon, as a weapon. They'll blame it on 
fentanyl, but I can tell you right now, grab your salt shaker that's full in a restaurant, you know, the little glass ones, open it up and down it, you'll die very quickly. This is why words matter. It is a drug combined with the illegal versions of it that is used as a weapon of mass destruction against the United States of America. And the illegalness is it coming across the border. It is absolutely meant to kill. This is why I want you to understand. They will say, well, he covered fentanyl. He's going to do something about fentanyl. Horse shit. Horse shit. It is not about fentanyl. Just like you're not going to stop car wrecks by putting a new law and somebody gets killed in a car. Just like getting rid of guns is not going to stop gangs from using guns. It is all horseshit. We all get fed horseshit. The media continually feeds us back this horseshit. When world leaders ask me to define America, and they do, believe it or not, I can define it in one word, and I mean this, possibilities. Today, our freedom is under attack, and the America we love is in danger. President Biden and the Democrats have failed you. We're often told that Democrats and Republicans can't work together. But over the past two years, we've proved the cynics and naysayers wrong. President Biden and I don't have a lot in common. Time and again, Democrats and Republicans came together. He's the first man to surrender his presidency to a woke mob that can't even tell you what a woman is. We have to be the nation we've always been at our best. Optimistic, hopeful, forward-looking. We are under attack in a left-wing culture war we didn't start and never wanted to fight. We have to see each other not as enemies, but as fellow Americans. After years of Democrat attacks on law enforcement and calls to defund the police, violent criminals roam free while law-abiding families live in fear. I've never been more optimistic about our future, about the future America. We just remember who we are. In the radical left's America, Washington taxes you and lights your hard-earned money on fire. Mickey, you're just a normal uh, Very different tones last night between okay, wait, President wait, wait, Biden's wait, 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 wait. mostly wait, optimistic looking State of the Can't Union. Anybody play this <laughs> game? <laughs> Why is my former party no. so stupid? They, they, they like, like he fed it to them and they the the booing yeah. the, the the call like we said yesterday on the show Republicans. He wants you to yell. He wants you to shout. As my grandma from Dalton, Georgia would say, he wants you to act like you were raised in a barn. Good job. You did all of those things. No, Willie, seriously. I swear to God, I said this a couple weeks ago. I really do think that there is a plant inside the RNC. And it, it, it is a Democrat that was planted in there somewhere in like 2013, 2014, 
with the sole purpose of making Republicans the dumbest political oh. party that's ever existed. Like, Biden didn't even have to give a good speech last night. The Republicans time and again just help you it amazing. Boom. Set up one jam after another. It's- There's a lot of truth in that story. Which is why I called out the heckling. Let me see. I don't I'm not sure I've run this clip. Let me see. Before I came to office, the story was about how the People's Republic of China was increasing its power and America is failing in the world. Okay. Um, (laughs) Even though Morning Joe bugs me. Morning Joe's right. The things that are going on with the Republican Party are by design. It's because there isn't a Republican Party. There's a uniparty. The Democrats has figured out how to milk the tit better. And because of that, with the left teaching how to suckle off the government tit and spend the money, everybody's moved into one. But you have to understand, the reason Joe's right is because even... So even though the conservative side is correct and the Republicans have the high road, you need to understand to force their agenda of wagging the system, they must find a way to destroy the right by using a few people to do it. They need the Republican Party to go away. Why? Because by default, it would say, what? The Democrats and the liberal way was right. And that's why I called out the Santos crap. It is all part of the game. It is all part of an unraveling. Conservatives are under attack. Christians are under attack. Get it? Normalcy's under attack. People understand conservative values, right, is what America predominantly has. So you have to understand the war isn't just on you and I. The war is just not our schools, our media, our movies, because we are at war. The war is they've got to make the conservative side of the aisle destroyed, go away. This is the reality, folks, and this is why you've seen people like Romney and Cheney playing their new role now. They must destroy the conservative party to complete this war. Remember, they can take over certain things by law. They can take over certain things by taxes. They can take over certain things by taking away your liberties. But what they're doing is painting extreme liberalism as normal and conservative as the issue because what they have to do is they got to try to create a shame vacuum because that's what moves people shame vacuum 
to get people to walk away from saying they're Republicans. They're trying to make Republican as a dirty word as pedophile. And I'll tell you what, I, in many ways it is on the political level. But on the values level, we're dead right. This is part of the shame game. This is the role that people like Santos are playing. It is all a game. Somebody like Santos, they know every freaking thing about your background. You never get to run. He was held up and sacrificed. This is the game. But who's behind all this pulling these strings? Funding this wokeism? Funding this consolidation of America, making us all slaves? China. Before I came to office, the story was about how the People's Republic of China was increasing its power and America was failing in the world. Not anymore. We made clear, and I made clear in my personal conversations, which have been many, with President Xi, that we seek competition, not conflict. But I will make no apologies that we're investing in, to make America stronger. Investing in American innovation and industries will define the future that China intends to be dominating. Investing in our alliances and working with our allies to protect advanced technologies so they will not be used against us. Modernizing our military to safeguard stability and deter aggression. Today, we're in the strongest position in decades to compete with China or anyone else in the world. Anyone else in the world. And I'm committed. I'm committed to work with China where we can advance American interests and benefit the world. But make no mistake about it. As we made clear last week, if China threatens our sovereignty, we will act to protect our country, and we did. Look, let's be clear. Winning the competition should unite all of us. We face serious challenges across the world. But in the past two years, democracies have become stronger, not weaker. Autocracy has grown weaker, not stronger. Name me a world leader who changed places with Xi Jinping. Name me one. Name me one. Again, it's all about the words, folks. There's two things you need to know about this last closing bet. None of the facts he gave of what he said America was doing or has done to protect anything. Believe me, I know as a vast patent holder with the number one enemy for me being Huawei in China, owned by the Chinese government, run puppeted by the Chinese government. I want you to understand he is saying that the government acted. He's specifically talking about the balloon that we covered. He's not talking about it acted when it couldn't hurt us from a data standpoint. He's talking about when it acted on the other side of the ocean. And oh, by the way, the way they... Uh, you, you might be missing in the story that it was rigged to self-defecate, de that's true, <laughs> to destroy, to decimate itself with explosive charges. If it was just a civilian balloon getting weather, why would they have explosive charges? Secondly, we did not need to shoot it down with rocket missiles, which needed you know, not to happen. We could have brought it down slowly. So I want you to re-hear with a new set of eyes, because I'm going to give you a new definition. And it's the word act. 
I want you to rehear all the lies he says they're working on, because it's all lies, and then say, we did act. And I want you to think of it in the Hollywood term. I want you to think of it, that thing traversed all the way across America. And that this entire time has been, in the Hollywood sense, an act. Listen again with your new ears. Before I came to office, the story was about how the People's Republic of China was increasing its power and America was failing in the world. Not anymore. We made clear, and I made clear in my personal conversations, which have been many, with President Xi, that we seek competition, not conflict. But I will make no apologies that we're investing in, to make America stronger. Investing in American innovation and industries will define the future that China intends to be dominating. Investing in our alliances and working with our allies to protect advanced technologies so they will not be used against us. Modernizing our military to safeguard stability and deter aggression. Today, we're in the strongest position in decades to compete with China or anyone else in the world. Anyone else in the world. And I'm committed. I'm committed to work with China where we can advance American interests and benefit the world. But make no mistake about it. As we made clear last week, if China threatens our sovereignty, we will act to protect our country, and we did. Look, let's be clear. Winning the competition should unite all of us. We face serious challenges across the world. But in the past two years, democracies have become stronger, not weaker. Autocracy has grown weaker, not stronger. Name me a world leader who changed places with Xi Jinping. Name me one. Name me one. There is not one category in America that we are stronger than China. Not one. Some people will say that it is at least in agriculture. Yes, we have mass agricultural production and do it well. But countries like China do not have the burdens of labor, environmental issues, rules, regulations, and laws in their production of food and don't frankly don't care about it. And they beat the pants off of us. And now they're acquiring our land. We, do, we are not more advanced militarily than China. That is a lie. We are not investing in our military to be better than China. It's just not true. We are not stronger. We cannot compete with China. I showed you the war on electronics. Etc. The reason this happens and the reason we are not as strong as China is because of our trade imbalance. 
Most people don't understand trade deficits. But it, if it was balanced, it'd mean $1 billion of us, our stuff to them, $1 billion of their stuff to us. A billion for a billion. That is trade balance. That's where trade balance occurs. It also occurs on the taxation part. What we pay in taxes to them for imports is what they pay to taxes to us at imports. It is completely off balance. By hundreds of billions of dollars a month. That's why it doesn't matter how well we can make things. Yes, we can beat the pants off of China. Our government won't let it happen. We can outperform and out uh, create creatively China. Our government will not allow it. Even our technology is far better than China. But when Obama came in, one of the things I, as an inventor, always had luxury of is when you file a patent, when you ideate the next new thing and file it with your government for protection, nobody could see it for two years. Nobody. It was hidden. When Obama came in, he did away with that. And the moment we file, within a week of filing, these foreign governments can see everything we've created. Everything, right up front. We are no longer protected, folks, on any front. And by the way, if you think we have a better military, we do. I think we may have a better fighter. Although I, I believe the Chinese military will fight their ass off because, frankly, they'd rather be dead than continue to be a slave. So they, they'll hope they get killed. But when our fucking electronics and our defense systems, electrical grid systems, everything come from China, China has the edge. China has the edge. And so on that last little bit of commentary, it's absolute fluff horseshit. And that's why I called out the one word at. We're going to act on it and protect the country. You're fucking right. You're going to have a green screen, White House. You're going to claim you're doing stuff. You're going to read a script that's worthy of an Academy Award. Yes, I agree with you. I agree with you. You've committed to act. This is why, folks, it's up to us if we're going to fix this. 100%. It is up to us to remember who we are, to understand the word salad they serve us, and to take control of our three votes the paper vote, which we are fighting our asses off for, your time vote, which you're doing with me right now versus the mainstream bullshit propaganda machine, and taking control of your dollar, because you know what? You are the most important part of the formula for America winning 
Because you, whether you like it or not, fund every one of their dreams. Most people are afraid to stand up and speak out, but not you. You've been learning how to tell the system to cut the crap. What can I do to help save the America I love? And the answer is, learn how to fight back and tell the system to cut the crap. Cut the crap's not just a radio program, it's a movement. The right kind of movement, which breaks free the conservative constipation and reminds you that you are the majority. And we're just not going to take it anymore. Make sure you're following Joe Bon Hunt and Pulitzer on all social media. See you next week. And between now and then, take a stand and tell them all to cut the crap. 260 million of you shop here weekly. And did you know you spend about $1,400 each year? Two and a half million of you shop here daily, and you give them $1,000 each year. Combined, that's a half a trillion dollars annually. And you think it's the American way to shop? Think again. Your hard-earned money is being funneled to bad organizations. The consumable products you buy, well, they're washing America down the drain. Think about where you spend your money. Folks, we have to save America from socialism. We need to make the woke go broke. First things first, and that's America first. You need to follow the money. You need to follow your money and make the woke go broke. So I will show you how to save America from socialism. Go to MakeWokeGoBroke.click. Yes, dot click. MakeWokeGoBroke.click. MakeWokeGoBroke.click and do it now. We've got all the right in the world on our side. And there ain't no reason to be afraid. And there ain't no reason to not take the challenge dead on. Because I'm going to tell you who we come from, folks. We don't come from some weak, jellyback, spineless people. That's not who we come from. None of us. And it doesn't matter what color you are, what nation your folks hail from, how much money you got. We all share the same name. We are Americans. And that Bunker Hill that was Americans. And at Fredericksburg and Gettysburg, there was Americans. And at Iwo Jima, raising that flag on Sarabachi, it was Americans. And at Porkchop Hill, there was Americans. Quezon, there was Americans. And on 9-11, there was Americans who ran towards those burning buildings. That is who you share your heritage with. You do not share your heritage with a weak and ineffective people who cower at the side of trouble. You share your heritage with a strong and brave people who are determined to hold on to their freedom and for the freedom of future generations. Guys, it's time for us to stand up and be that generation. It's time for us to stand strong and proud and remember who we are, that we are Americans. And as long as we stand as the vanguard of freedom in this nation, freedom will survive. Not only survive, but thrive. So guys, it's time to put on a patch. Fix those bayonets. It's time to get ready. We got a fight on our hands. And our fight is not for us, for all those generations that's going to come behind. Let's save America, folks. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness.
toi et 